0: Praise the Lord. Good singing today. Good to see you today. I'm glad that you're here. And uh, those that are watching online, we want to thank you for being with us here online as well. I want you to, um, if you would think about an opportunity for Christmas Eve to take those bags, maybe give them to a coworker and neighbor. It's a great way as an outreach as well. And they can participate in our, um, service for Christmas Eve. And, um, Great way to get uh, the gospel out. And it's going to be an exciting service. I promise you a lot of work is being put into that service. And uh, we've thought about many ways to have our service, but um, um, just to have multiple services would be a lot on our volunteer staff. And um, also, uh, we wouldn't be able to know how many people would come in here. And we've tried to be careful. Uh, We've taken about 150 chairs out of the auditorium here, spread things out. Christmas Eve service is is our largest um, service of the year. If you've been here in the past, you know, um, just imagine um, probably 700 or more in this room, um, standing room only for it. And um, so we we just want to do things different so people can stay safe and also enjoy this service. I want you to turn with me to two selections of uh, uh, scripture, Matthew chapter number one and Luke chapter two, Matthew chapter one and Luke chapter 2. And I want to, um, I want to speak to you today um, a little bit different than a normal message today. The, um, and you'll know why here in just a few moments. I want to, I want to just um, share my heart with you today. And I know this is the Christmas season and we, we want to celebrate the, uh, the birth of Christ and we want to celebrate um, Him coming and being born so that we could have life and we come here to church every week we come here we come here for one reason and that is to honor and worship our king jesus christ and uh, open the word and to um, find encouragement and find strength and find help and every so often even maybe the lord will use scripture to to rebuke us or reproof us and and to help us and that's the work of the holy spirit and so i pray The Spirit of God will meet with us here today and um, help us. I want you to find Matthew chapter 1. Look with me in verse number 18, if you would. And I'm sure this is a a familiar story uh, for all around this time of year. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. And he called his name Jesus. I want you to go with me to the book of Luke, if you would, please. The gospel of Luke. Again, a familiar passage of scripture. We call this the Christmas story. Each morning on Christmas morning, my family gets up. And um, then they know before we would even open presents, we read this scripture. And they all come down with their Bibles and ready to read. And we start with verse number one. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus, that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenus was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was a house and lineage of David. To be ta- taxed with Mary as his spouse wife, being great with child, And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Father, would you help us today? Lord, we're looking at a very familiar passage of Scripture. Lord, probably throughout the world, throughout uh, church today, Most are probably going to go to this passage of scripture. Most will celebrate and look at Jesus coming and being born. And Lord, our church looks at it today and we're going to see this as well. But Lord, I pray that you would give us, our church, something special from this, something that we need, Lord, something that would encourage our hearts. And I ask you this and I pray this, I ask the Holy Spirit to work. We say, we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, Amen. Every one of us, we we all plan our life. I remember several years ago; it's been a few years. My wife and I would, before she was my wife, we would sit in her house and we planned this big event, our wedding. She um, she would ask me things like what do you think about this and i knew i knew the best answer was what do you think about this and and if she liked it i loved it and i would look at her mom across the room when she was asking me and her mom would give me a nod and that would mean agree with her and i would agree with her and we'd plan we planned that we were going to be married for 5 years and then we were going to start having children and I think in the first five years, we had all of our children. <laughs> we, we planned, and our plan never seemed to necessarily be what we thought it would be. We planned our life, our career. To be honest with you, when we planned our life, I never thought I would ever be in Monclova, Ohio. I never heard of Monclova, Ohio. I was living in Philadelphia, and I thought, as we planned our life, I thought that I was going to start a church. And, matter of fact, we would go over, we had a piece of property there in South Jersey, and we, I'd go there and I'd pray. And I, I really thought, God, give me this place, and I'll, I'll start a church here. And that's what I thought was going to happen. If God had other plans. We, we, we plan our marriage, and we plan for children we plan where we're going to live. We all do it, we all do it. In our plan, there's never a problem, everything's perfect. There's never sickness, there's never pain, there's never sorrow. None of us ever plan on buying a house and ever having to put a roof on a house. We don't plan on the air conditioning and the heating breaking. We don't plan to have to ever use our medical coverage because we don't plan for people to get sick. This week has been a a difficult, difficult week for our church. Bill Hitt called me and uh, earlier this week and said he was on his way to Texas. His mom was going to pass and he was gonna drive through the night and I spoke to him, it was late and then just 15 or 20 minutes later, he texts me back and said, we're going to turn around. My mom's passed, and so there's no need to rush there. We'll just plan on going for the funeral. I had great news. It was Friday. I was sitting in my office, and I worked late. It was probably 6 o'clock or so. My phone rings, and it's a FaceTime call. And uh, it was Justin Hammerker. And honestly, I thought to myself, what did Paul do? He took Justin's phone, he's gonna FaceTime me? And I, I hit answer and there Justin was. He had the trach in, but he nothing on his face and no tubes and he wasn't able to talk, but he, he learned sign language. And he was giving me thumbs up and and I told him, next time you take four weeks off work without calling in, I'm gonna fire you, you know? I got off the phone with Justin. It was wonderful news, and I got on the phone with Kevin. And Kevin Sarver's dad passed away. So I went from good news and really crying joys of joy, tears of joy with Justin and Sarah, and um, crying on the phone with Kevin. Unexpected, his father was was having some difficulties physically, but they came home and just listening to the testimony of, of Kevin and um, hadn't seen his dad because of COVID. Had been in a facility, was able to see him, and they brought him home and was able to see him, and just a couple days after coming home, unexpectedly passed. And I was on the phone with Kevin, and my phone, people began to call and messages and my wife finally texted me and said, what, what are you doing? And I said, I'm text her back while I'm on the phone with Kevin Sarver, his dad passed away and I'm talking with him. She says, I need you to call me. And so got off the phone with Kevin and got on the phone with Mike Tony and he said, I, I want you to pray. Olivia Miller is um, been unconscious for about forty minutes, and they it's not looking good. And um, so I jumped in my car and ran to Robert and Tracy's house, and uh, walked in the door, and there were I don't know how many ambulances were there, how many people were over top of Olivia's. 21 year old body and Robert and Tracy were just crying out to the lord in the kitchen Donna fish's family member passed niece i believe this week and these aren't just church members matter of fact we don't we don't have guests here we don't have visitors here we don't have church members here we only have family and friends. It's our life when when our when our church hurts, we hurt. When our church cries, we cry. When I walked in and I saw Olivia there on the on the floor. See so we were working on her and I walked over and just put my arm around the two Tracy and Robert, as they were just pleading with God, pleading with God. When that paramedic walked over and said, we've done all that we can, there's nothing else we could do. We can't bring her back. This morning, I I speak from a broken heart. You know, I've witnessed too many times parents crying out to God to, to bring their children back. I stood there. My mind couldn't help but go to the sons as I stood in the hospital with them as they pleaded with God, the same as I heard the other night with the Millers pleading with God, please, please bring our child back. At that moment, you want so badly to, to have an answer that is gonna make all of their pain go away. I mean, you're, you're you're supposed to be the preacher. You're supposed to give people answers, but silence, it's the only thing you can come up with as you stand there. It's all you can do. Mary and Joseph, they fall in love. They make their plans. They talk about marriage. Joseph, he's a carpenter in, in Nazareth, and Mary is is going to be this new bride. And we find that in this passage of scripture in Mark chapter Matthew chapter one. Joseph, he was a carpenter, so he could build a nice place. He he could meet his family's needs. I could imagine Mary all she had to do was think up a table or a chair she wanted and Joseph could just just make it. I imagine in my mind Mary telling Joseph her dreams and Joseph just thinking about dollar signs as He's listening to her like all of us do as we listen to the one we love. He just sits there and he listens with a smile because soon this woman he is in love with is going to be his bride. And all of their dreams are going to come together and all of their plans that they've talked about are going to come into place and they're going to live life together. But I find here in verse 18, look with me again in Matthew 1, and now the birth of Jesus was on this wise. When his, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, as Mary was espoused or engaged, and at that time there was this word espoused is a little bit stronger than the word engaged. Uh, uh, This is, this is, uh, they're together. They're, they've not come together physically yet, but before they came together, she was found a child of the Holy Ghost. I'll tell you, that was not the plan that Mary or Joseph had. Then Joseph, being, Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. That verse tells us that the, the plans that Joseph had weren't coming to, to pass this was not what Joseph thought. This was not a, a conversation that Joseph thought he was going to have with Mary. Nowhere, I'm sure, in Joseph's plan in their talk, the time he had met Mary, the time that they're now uh, engaged to be married and the plans are in place and, and uh, this is going to happen, I'm sure it never crossed his mind that Mary would sit there with him and say, Joseph, I'm, I'm with child. Joseph, knowing that it's not his, because the Bible tells us he had not known her, he had not been with her. They've not come together. So this child could not have been Joseph's child. And Joseph knew it. And then Joseph finds out from an angel of the Lord that this child is of the Lord. It's God's plan. In verse number 21, and she shall bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now, all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and thou shall call his name Emmanuel, which was being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph being raised from sleep did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took took unto him his wife. I want you to write this down. Just three things I wanna help our church with today as we try to understand. As we look at this Christmas story and we see, This, God's plan, number one, is very different than our plan at times. God's plan is very different than our plan at times. I see in Matthew chapter 2, if you'd look there with me in verse number 13, and when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt. And be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek your child to destroy him. Again, I'm reading the story of, of Mary and Joseph. You know, we come to this place where, first of all, they're planning this wedding. They're planning to spend the rest of their lives together, and they, God changes their plan. This isn't what they planned, but this is what God planned now they 're through that, all right? We're, we got through that initial uh, you 're with child, and, and, and our plans have changed. and, and then we find in Matthew that, that this happens. then all of a sudden, once the baby's born, instead of going back and, and living the life now that you may have planned, going back and being a carpenter and raising your family, yes, there was some changes in the beginning, but, but we 're going to get back to, to normal the way it is. Then all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord says, "Oh, and by the way, you need to get out of Israel." And get down to Egypt. God's plan is different than our plans. God's ways are very different than our ways. I want you to look with me in Luke chapter 2. If you would go there, you just keep your finger back and forth in those, and we'll, we'll uh, be back and forth in those passages of Scripture. But it came to pass in these those days, in verse 1, that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenus was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, every one in his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. If it's not bad enough to, to um, have to, when your child's about ready to be born, have to go and pay your tax bill. The timing of it was not, I'm sure, what Joseph and Mary would have liked. How how many of you ladies at nine months with child would like to say to your wife or husband, yeah, put me on a cart or put me on a horse or a buggy and let's go from Galilee down to Bethlehem. No, you, you've got the, the nursery all set and, and, and the doctor's appointments are made and, and the arrangements are set and the, and the bag is, is packed. And, and I remember when, when Jacob was, was uh, uh, um, Michelle was pregnant with Jacob and, and she, when it got down to it, she, we had two, two bags packed. We had, we had uh, her bag with all the clothes in it and, and she said to me, now, if I tell you we have to go to the hospital, I just want you to take that bag because everything I need in that bag. And I had a bag packed. I had a power tools, and I had a drill, and I had a saw. And because I didn't know if we ran out of gas on the way, I might have to deliver that baby. And so I had my bag, and Michelle had her bag, and we uh, we were ready for this. Nowhere did Michelle say, let's go on a long trip. And let me suffer on the way to this, on this trip, and and maybe when we get to this place, there's going to be a perfect place for us. It might be a, a manger, a stable, where we'll have our first child. And, and that's what happens here, to, to be taxed with Mary's a spouse, wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. This is not how Mary and Joseph would have planned for their arrival of their first child. Being born in a manger is probably not the place that Mary thought she would have Jesus. But I want us to understand something today, that God's plan at times is very different than our plan. And as with Mary and Joseph, so it is with our life that God's plan is very different at times than we have planned. And with that being true, I want you to write down in your heart someplace this. Number two, God's plan is always right. Even though God's plan doesn't necessarily follow with what we might want or what we might plan, we have to understand that God's plan is always the right plan. And all, oh, listen to me. In the midst of Joseph finding out in Matthew chapter number one that his wife, Mary, the one that he loves, the one that he's gonna commit the rest of his life to. In the midst of his plan and marrying her, an angel of the Lord comes to him and says, now she's with child, but, but don't put her away and don't divorce her and, and don't do anything other than this. Just take her to be your wife. And, and when this child is born, name him Jesus, Emmanuel, because God is with us. Joseph, listen to God's plan. It may not be what you want it to be. But oh, today in our broken hearts, let's always remember that God's plan is always right. It's always right. Even when we don't see it. Man sinned and needed a savior. And God's plan for Mary and Joseph It allowed for man to be redeemed back to God. And when, when this plan, I'm sure, as Mary finds out, she's going to be with child, and Joseph finds out that his wife is going to have a child, and and then 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 they're heading down to to uh, to be taxed, and Mary's great with child, and they get down there, and and there's no place for Mary to have this child, no place for them to stay. They they take a simple stable, a, a manger, and that's where they have their child, and and then the child is born, and they're told by God, now I want you to take this child, and I want you to go into Egypt, I want you to leave everything you've known. You can't go back to to Nazareth. You you can't stay there in Bethlehem. You you can't have the job, the career, the plans, the house, the furniture, Mary, all the things that you talked about together. All of that is going to be changed. And, And I need you to get down into Egypt. And all of these things are different, but God's plan is always right because through God's plan, the Messiah was born. God's plan that we find here allows for the Redeemer. God's plan fulfilled Scripture several times throughout Matthew, and several times you'll find even in the book, uh, Luke chapter 2, Matthew chapter 1, and Matthew chapter 2, you would find that this, was so, this was, took place to let Scripture could be fulfilled. God's plan protected The baby Jesus, when Herod sought to kill Jesus, God's plan for them going down into Egypt, it might have been an inconvenience. It might not have been what Joseph had desired, but God's plan brought safety to this family. God's plan brought great joy and great peace. I want you to find with me in Luke chapter two, look with me in verse number 14, if you would. The shepherds are there in the fields and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts in verse 13, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. God's plan brought peace in a world that wasn't full of peace. I want to say to a church, when, when we can't see it, God is still at work and he's still accomplishing his plan. When we look at the events of our life, and many times they're heartbreaking events, we can't lose sight that God's way is always right. And when we can't see it, he is still at work. He is still accomplishing his plan. As I stood there Friday night at the Miller's house, I I just kept, in my heart, just kept saying, Lord, you you're good. And although we don't see it at this moment, we trust you. And I want you to see thirdly here as well, not only is God's plan at times different than our plan, not only is God always right in his plan, I want you to see something else, and this is the comfort. Number three, God's plan always includes Christ. God's plan always includes Jesus Christ. We're never alone. Jesus said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. We're never alone when Jesus is here. Look with me in Matthew chapter one, look with me again in verse number 22. Now all this was done. Now all this was done, now all what was done? Mary finding out she's gonna be with child. Joseph finding out before his wedding that his wife is with child. Joseph pondering, what am I going to do now? How am I going to explain this? What am I going to do with my, my, my wife who's come to me? I've trusted her. I've, I've cared for her. I've planned with her. And, and now she's with child. And I know it's impossible that it's mine. There's, there's no way that this child is mine. What am I going to do? God's plan always includes Jesus. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is what? God with us. Oh, listen to me. When life doesn't go as we had planned, God's way is always right. And one thing that we can always trust, it always includes Jesus. And what is Jesus? That, that Emmanuel is interpreted with—is with, what? God with us. And when we go through times and trials and we go through situations that we just never would have planned for ourselves and, and God is working and God is doing something and we just don't know what that is, one comfort we can know is this: that God is with us. In every trial that you're going through, and for the last two weeks leading up to this week, we've looked at uh, 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 Acts chapter. 27 and Paul being in that storm. And you know what Paul found in the midst of his Euroclodon? That God was with him. And God continued to lead him and God continued to guide him and God used a, a storm in Paul's life to show himself real. It may be at times when you're going through those valleys and when times you're going through those 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 difficult seasons and those opportunities in life where we, we just say, God, I, I don't understand and are you there? One comfort we can know is this, that Jesus Christ is always there. God is with us. He's with us. Friday night, he didn't leave the Miller family. For four weeks, I see the hammockers, for four weeks, so Justin was on a vent. God didn't leave him. He's there. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me. We don't face trials and we don't face difficulties and we don't face heartache alone. We have Jesus Christ. He's always there. God is with us. Look with me in Matthew chapter 2, verse number 23. After the leaving. Egypt and ha- or having to leave Israel and go down into Egypt and, and staying there. And then he comes back and he finds out that Herod is dead. So maybe he's not going to try to kill the babe anymore, but but his son is in uh, uh, set in power. And so he says, what are we going to do? And, and they, they then leave. And instead of going back to Judea, they head up to Galilee. And look with me in verse 23, and he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be a Nazarene. Who's he talking about? Jesus. All of this took place, and it had to do with Jesus. Egypt was not a place that they went to alone so that, that uh, 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 they could be apart from God. Egypt was a place they had to go to and God was with them and it was all about God's plan so that, that then Jesus could come into Nazareth and, and it could be said that he's from, he's a Nazarene. God's will was being accomplished even though this wasn't a plan that, that uh, uh, Joseph probably would have had for himself. Look with me in verse 15 of the same chapter. He was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken to the Lord by the prophet, saying, out of Egypt have I called my son. You see, God's plan is always about Christ. There, there, there's no just things that God allows for no reason. God allows things to happen in the life of a Christian. And when he does the work in the life of a Christian, even if there are plans that we would not have for ourselves, it's always a plan that involves Christ. It's always. Look with me in Luke chapter 2, in verse number 7. Mary's having to take this long trip. Not an easy trip, not a comfortable trip. The timing couldn't be any worse. She, she's going to leave Galilee and Nazareth, where, where all of the things that she needed were, were, were there for her to have this child. And she's going to have to go to, to Bethlehem. And, and she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the end. God's plan always includes Jesus. Listen to me. They weren't going to be. Their marriage wasn't going to happen at first because Joseph hears this, but God says, "No, no, 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 Joseph, don't do anything silly. Don't do anything. Don't do anything crazy. Your marriage is going to involve Jesus. We're going to have to to move to to Egypt, and and what are we going to have to go there? Don't worry, because as you're there, it's going to involve Jesus." We've got to go and pay our taxes, and we've got to leave, and we've got to travel. Yes, but while you're there on a trip that you wouldn't want to take, and paying taxes you might not want to pay, and your wife's with child, what happens while you're there? It's about Jesus. You're not alone. God's plan always includes Jesus in our life. You see, Mary and Joseph's plan may have been changed, but what they... What was the reward? The reward was Christ. The result was God with us. Look with me in Luke chapter 2, if you would please, and look with me in verse number 28. They bring Jesus to Simeon. Simeon is a man that has been waiting for this day. Matter of fact, let's just look in verse number 25 And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout. Look what he was doing. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. The Holy Ghost was upon him. God's plan for Mary and God's plan for Joseph might not have been what they had planned, but God's plan included Jesus in their life and it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should, see, should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple and when, he, when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he up in his arms. Imagine this, this man has been waiting. He's an elderly man. He's been waiting for this day. While all of Israel is waiting for a king to come and deliver them from, Israel, uh, from, from the Roman occupation, while they're looking for a king to come and to be born and deliver them from this, Simeon is looking for the Lord Jesus Christ to come, the one to redeem mankind from their sin. And he comes into the temple and he sees him. He holds this baby up, took him in his arms and blessed God and said, "'Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace.'" According to thy word, for thy, mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which Thou hast repaired before the face of all people. A light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of the power of Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at all these things which are spoken of him. They marveled because they saw that every time Jesus was brought into a situation, Jesus made all things right. as I studied the Christmas story and preparing to preach the Christmas story, the Lord just began to work on my heart of Joseph's plan and Mary's plan is so different than God's plan. 2020 was very different than any one of us would have ever thought. the situations we've endured, but I want you to see this. Oh, well, listen to me. It all leads to Jesus Christ. Listen to me. Don't get down and discouraged and don't quit on God. Don't get to the place of hopelessness because our salvation has come. Our peace has come. Our hope has come. And it's found in Jesus Christ. I've said this so often, what would we do without Christ in times of disaster? God made creation, all of creation. He made man in his image, and he steep, stood. Uh, 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 he formed man out of dust and ground. He, he bent down there and breathed into man the breath of life, and man became a living soul, and man was made in the image of God. But there was a time that took place in the garden where man chose to sin. They ate, they ate of that tree that they were forbidden to eat, and sin entered into the world. Adam and Eve went from being a sinless human now to having sin in them. And the Bible says every single person that was now born of Adam and Eve in all all man has been born of Adam and Eve. This is now born with a sin nature. And that wasn't God's plan. Now mankind is born, the Bible says, and dead and trespasses in sin, and we're born with the sin nature, and, and we're sinners, and for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and God cannot allow sin into his presence, and so therefore, because of sin, man has to pay their sin debt. Man can't work enough, and there was a, 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 the children of, of, of Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, and Cain comes and he says he brings the, the fruit of the land, what he did, he his sacrifice. I I tilled the ground, I, I made this, I worked for this sacrifice, and he presented it to the Lord, and the Lord said, That's not that's not satisfying to me. You can't work to please me. Abel simply took the blood of a, a lamb and presented that to the Lord, and the Lord said, That's the blood. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. And since that time with Cain, mankind has, has thought, well, religion will save me, or my works will save me, or what I will do can save me. And that would make things right, only to find out none of those things can ever satisfy God's wrath. I was listening to the song that we sang this morning. Jesus, thank you. would talk about this. I stood then that front row there as we sang, and tears Begin to roll down my, my cheeks because our God's wrath has been satisfied with the blood of Jesus Christ. You and I are dead and trespasses of sin the minute we're born. But when Jesus Christ gets involved in that, when you repent of your sin and accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, believing that he went to the cross, and he shed his blood, he was placed in that grave, and three days later, he rose again, conquering hell and conquering death. When Jesus gets involved, we receive everlasting life. What sin destroyed, Jesus heals. The question I asked Bill, I said, Bill, does your, Mom, know Christ as her Savior, and He said she did. She trusted Christ. This might not be the plan that He had for His life this week, but Jesus makes it right. Mary, Doug Davison, I spoke to Mary just through text this week, and she just said to me, she said, Pastor, we're we're both at our, our wits end. Doug is hurting so bad. He's in so much pain. Fevers, just just losing hope. Week and a half ago or so, she went up there to the hospital. They called her up because he was confused, and she came into his hospital room, and now... She can't leave the hospital room. If she steps out of the room into the hallway or goes down to the parking garage or leaves to come home to go pick something up, they won't let her back in the room because of COVID. So now she's there trapped in that room with him for all this time. And she says, I'm losing hope. And I said, well, I'm going to get as many people praying for you right now, Mary, as we possibly can. Stay encouraged. Christ is here and he is near and he's not forsaken you. And that's our message. And that's our hope. And that's where we can find our joy and that's where we can find our peace. We find it in salvation through Jesus Christ. Mary and Joseph, their life is not anything like they planned. And God rewritten their, had rewritten their story and it changed everything about it. They learn that God's way is always right. And they learn this as well. When God works in our life, it always leads to his son, Jesus. Listen to me, church. Don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. I know I know. many in our church are facing difficulties. I know many of our church are hurting. I, I mentioned the son's you know life just has gone on and life continues to move forward and storms continue to come and they're still missing their little boy sometimes the pain doesn't go away but there's always Christ keep our focus on Christ church keep your focus on your salvation realize that Jesus Emmanuel is God with us. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Father, help us today, I pray. Lord, there's many that are just going through trials. There's many that are hurting, and there's many, Lord, that are even asking why. Events that take place in our life, Lord, if it was our plan we would say this wouldn't be fair and this wouldn't be right and we would change things. Lord, your ways are greater than our ways. Your plans are higher and greater than our plans. And when we don't know, Lord, what to do, we can trust you. When we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, we can trust your son for you promised Emmanuel, God with us. And you're just as real and just as powerful and just as mighty and just as holy and just as just and righteous today and Friday and this past week as you were when you, with your words, created this universe. And so, Lord, we... we don't have answers and we don't know why. We don't know why the events of this year have come. We don't know why the struggles that many have faced. I don't know why Justin's been on a ventilator and I don't know why... Doug is 60 some days in the hospital but I know Jesus Christ can be trusted and I know that he's there and that he is our peace and our joy and our comfort and so Lord our prayer today is simply this may we just find comfort in you may we not give up hope and give up faith in Christ. And so, Lord, I pray that you heal broken hearts. I pray that your spirit would comfort and give grace like you've never given before. And I pray, Lord, we rejoice. In your ways are always right. So Lord, I pray for families like the Millers now. Lord, they're, they need a touch from heaven. Lord, our family is hurting. Mary needs a touch from you. Doug needs a touch from you, Lord. Our friends are hurting. Kevin and Bill and Donna, they need a touch from heaven. Our friends are hurting. Thank you for Christ. Thank you for fulfilling scripture and always being right. Thank you for the rod and the staff that comfort us. Thank you for your church. But most of all, Lord, today we wanna to thank you for Jesus. And we thank you for heaven. And we love you. And you are good. And you are right. And you are faithful. And you're still our God. And we worship you. Just with heads bowed and eyes closed for just a moment, would you? Would you just thank God for who he is? If you want to come to this altar, you can come. Let's, let's just start our prayer with praising God. Praise him for who he is. Praise him for being holy and being right. Praise him for being just. Enter into his courts with thanksgiving and praise. Be thankful unto him and praise his name for the Lord is good. His mercies are everlasting. We don't serve a defeated God. We serve a living God, a powerful God. And then would you, when you're finished just praising God for who he is, would you ask him to heal the brokenhearted, would you ask him to touch the life and the hearts of our friends? Would you help ask him to help you not to get discouraged and defeat it and quit? Would you ask him for strength for grace? And would you thank him for Christ? Because his ways are not our ways, but his ways are always right. And his ways always lead us to Jesus Christ.